Who you trying to get crazy with this, see? Don't you know I'm loco? Now we're rolling. Damage Plan MMA Podcast. I'm Jason. As always, my co-host, the voice of MMA in Utah, Mr. Zach Partridge. What up, dog? What up? We got a special guest today. Yes, sir. I'm super excited to welcome Mr. Jordan Levitt to the podcast. How you doing, Jordan? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Got to spend a little time with you last Saturday night watching some fights up here in Price, Utah. Jordan, what did you think of the fights? I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, you never know what you're going to get with amateur fights. Like some of them, like they gassed out in 30 seconds and you're just watching like some really ugly exchanges. But this past weekend was a lot of fun. I got really lucky for my first um, broadcast. You actually had quite a few teammates on fighting on that card, right? Yes. Never had that many teammates at the same event ever. <laughs> I, You and I were sitting next to each other for one of them, and we were watching the fight, and I thought it was pretty cool. You you kept yelling, that's my wrestling class. That's my wrestling class. And then you're like, that's not my wrestling class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Uh, coaching. You take credit for what's happening. That's good. But then everything else that's not good, that's, that's the athlete's fault. So it's pretty pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. That is a good deal. I need to get into coaching. <laughs> not my fault not my fault did you did you did you enjoy i i was really impressed with the level of amateur fights but did you, was it enjoyable for you to do the commentary while some of your teammates were fighting or was that a little bit stressful um it's weird so like watching as uh just like um watching the crowd found a lot more anxious than commentating it commentating on the fight because not to sound like sociopathic, sociopathic, but I was able to kind of detach myself and just focus analytically about talking about it. Yeah. It was actually not nearly as nerve wracking as it would have been just watching it live at home. So I guess I'm going to try to commentate whenever my teammates fight because it helps <laughs> me like, keep those emotions away. Yeah. I, I don't know about how you, I don't know how your nerves are before your fights or whatever, but for my fights, like I get so, I, I, I'm fighting next Saturday night. I'm so much more nervous for my teammates that are fighting than my fight. <laughs> Dude, I think that's just like universal because like, you know what you can do. Yeah. You know how you're feeling, but like, you don't know how your teammates feeling. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't know if like they're going to keep their habits during their fight. So it's like, there's more unknowns when your teammates fight because like you see their bumps and bruises, you see them, you see them on their bad days. Yeah, but when it's your bad day, I feel like it's easier to kind of like, okay, that was a bad day. But maybe that was yeah. just like your teammate could just be bad sometimes. Like maybe there's bad bad camp. It's not a bad day. It's bad life, you know. And they go out there and you're worried. Yeah. So like we have a guy that's fighting. He's making his amateur debut, and uh, he's been one of my really good training partners for the fat past couple of years. And he's fi he's finally stepping in there. And this is like a. It's kind of, it might even be just like a one and done thing. Like he's, he's 39, almost 40. And he just wants to, he just wants to do one fight. And it's like, I want, I want a win to come for him so bad. You know, yeah. I, you know if this is his one shot, I want it. I want it to come for him so bad. Cause he's such a good training partner. He's so good. And I, I do, I think I'm very confident that he's going to crush it. I even told him the only way you lose this fight is if you like beat yourself mentally and like psych yourself out. You have all the tools. I've seen the, your opponent fight. Like, I think you're better. Like, just just go stick it. But it's like my anxiety for him is way higher than it is for myself. <laughs> That's yeah, it's crazy. I'm I'm my anxiety is crazy just for for watching Zach fight. It's like 
<laughs> I feel like I'm invested in it. I like a little bit. Yeah. So enough about everybody else, Jordan. They want to hear about you. When are you fighting again? I'm hoping for October or November. Like dealing with some little tedious like, injuries that are kind of making it hard for me to be at the gym more than like a day. Cause I had to like ice and like, you know, have trouble getting out of bed the other days. But um, hopefully October, November, I'll be done with some of those chronic things and hopefully I'll get to, you know, fight again. I'm hoping to get at least two fights this year. Oh, nice. Do you think, uh, so what, what is that you've, you had an undefeated amateur career. You, you had a really good run. You're coming off your first loss though. And with a unanimous decision, correct? Yes, I am. So <laughs> thanks for rubbing it in uh, Zach. Hey, I'm coming <laughs> off my first loss as well. So I, we're in the same boat. Uh, mm. What, what are some of the feelings and stuff after that fight? What was different about getting back into the gym and stuff coming off of a loss versus having a big, long winning streak? And did you feel pressure having that big, long undefeated streak? I definitely felt a lot of pressure. So like, honestly, I was in the gym the Monday after my fight and I, you know, I was hitting some weights and everyone's all like coming up to me and like being all like somber and trying not to like make me feel weird. And like, I was in a pretty good mood. It was kind of the best way to lose. Like I wasn't hurt. Yeah. It was a boring fight. So everyone can forget about that. <laughs> um, you know, like, and I just made a lot of stupid decisions and I've always gone away from those decisions. And like, I'm the person where I've always kind of been a perfectionist. So even when I was winning these fights, I was never really happy with a lot of them because I'm like, Oh, I'm sloppy and nothing happened. A good fighter would have stopped that. And a good fighter did stop that. So it kind of felt good to, you know, finally get to go back to the drawing board, so to speak. Yeah. And to like actually focus on some things that are not working for me. And, you know, like, yeah. So like a lot of the pressure's off and now like maybe I'll finally get to be an underdog again. I liked it when people were rooting against me or not expecting much of me. I feel like, um, I've always kept my expectations, even in this sport, like very low. So that way I can never disappoint myself. And I'm very, it's worked out super. I've been super blessed. Like, like less than 1% of fighters get to make it to the UFC. And, you know, so I, have, I think I have to kind of finally start like raising my expectations of my, of like what I can do and like what my abilities are. And this fight kind of, you know, put gave me, gave me a lot of peace. So, yeah, I mean, so you feel like, I mean, that, that could, that could eventually help you. You could look back on that loss and what, from what you can take from it and springboard you into a nice long winning streak then too. Yeah, I, I feel like just a few small tweaks and that fight's mine and like lessons I learned are way, you know, worth way more than like the extra the win bonus would have been to me in my eyes. So yeah. I'm kind of in the, I'm trying to kind of looking at the sport from like my my perspective, like in the long game kind of way. Like, oh okay. Like now I've lost, but now this gives me the like the XP and gamer speak to be able to like go out there and level up what I, when I should, should start leveling up. When I, to educate people that don't really know, cause I, I'm not really sure about this. Is that a fight that you like that? If you want back, like you're saying, you know, like I'd like to fight him again and, and, and get that one back. I and say, you know, I make a couple of adjustments and I feel like I'm the better fighter. I can, I can, I can beat that guy. Is that something that like your manager or you go to the UFC when they're like, Hey, what do you kind of, they come to you or do they just give you names and say, here's three guys, pick one and pick a date. Like, let's do this. Or do you have any say in that type of stuff? 
I don't get much saying that at this point in my career. I don't have like as much popularity or pull to kind of um, leverage that to get the fights that I want. Right after the fight, I was like, I want a rematch. But as I kind of like get farther away from it, I'm like, well, honestly, why would you give a guy a rematch? He's on a three-fight win streak in the UFC. Like, why do I deserve yeah. a rematch first off? So like, I, if I win two fights and he doesn't win any more fights, like then I have like some like, I have some like. Yeah, I have some leverage and I have some like um, I have something to offer him. But right now, you know, I'm just the undefeated prospect. He got to beat. It helps, you know, give him a little bit more spotlight. And I wouldn't give a rematch to a guy that was like, you know, um, a competitive fight right away. I'm like, no, I'll try to, you know, move on with your career and hopefully I can get that back. But if not, as long as I as long as I end up, you know, more more successful than him in the the long run, I'm not. At the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Maybe that's yeah. how I should view things. I still, want, I still want one back a little bit too much, probably. Everybody's like, "Don't worry about it." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's easy for you to say." Uh, As competitors, though, I think that's just a. It's if you're a competitive person, just in nature, and you lose to somebody, we're gonna run it back till I win. Like that's just the way it is. I don't care if it's checkers. It could be checkers. It could be freaking UFC fight night for all I care. Yeah. Like until, until I win, it's all a fluke, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Sun beat beat me in UFC Fight Night like six months ago, and I still want that rematch back. I still want that rematch back. Because he's he, he's got a guy that's like all juiced up on EPO and all that <laughs> stuff, and yeah, he looks like Francis and Ngannou. He looks like <laughs> and takes everything like Vitor Belfort. Yeah, TRTV tour. Uh, anyways, have you ever had one of your former opponents ask for a rematch? Yes, I've had like four of my opponents yeah, ask what? for a rematch. Honestly, it's more often their coach like messages you like, "Hey, that was a fluke. We want a rematch," and I'm like, "No, man. Like, you don't want this." Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like one of my first amateur fight, the guy wanted a rematch after it, and we were both debuts. Like debut fighters, I'm like that's stupid, and then um, scarful arm lock on him. Yeah, that nice. that's a move I always said was like a fake move, and then I got it, and so now I'm like, well, oh, I got it's not fake, it's my move. It works for me. Yeah. It went from like a fake move to like a move only I could pull off. Yeah. But um, yeah, that guy wanted a rematch, and then a few of the pro fights I had, they won rematches, and I'm like, nope. Trying to get to the UFC. <laughs> do you think guys are just just get in the moment, and that's just kind of the first thing that pops in their mind? Is I, it seems like that? I mean, I don't fight, but it seems like that as a competitor, that would be like if I'm losing, I'm like, I, I got to run it back. I got I got to do it. Like I can beat this guy. Especially if like you don't get the finish, and like it's kind of hard to gauge how. Like say even if like you lost a fight, maybe it's a lot closer in your mind because like yeah. you're feeling the strike. Oh, that was nothing. The strike I landed had to have hurt. So, like in your mind, it's pro- it's usually a lot closer than you think. Yeah. And then, like after a loss, like no, I I feel like I could win that fight easy. Let's do it right now. And it's like, then you go home and you watch it, and you're like, okay, maybe it's good. Maybe we would have fought again that night. It wouldn't have would have gone the same way. You yeah. Know? Cool. That's interesting. Do you do you, you mentioned when I I asked you uh, I can't remember if it was on the broadcast or not. The whole night just kind of blended together. I had so many energy drinks, energy drinks in my system. It just, it's a blur. Uh, did you, you, uh, you said when you, you mostly just watch fights, you mostly just watch the 155 pound division and girl fights and the main events. Yes. 
when you're watching the other 155ers, do you kind of do it as a like sizing yourself up with them or just to try and be as educated as possible about the, about the division you're in? Yeah, both those things. Like, especially because like, I've been training a few UFC fighters since I've been like 16. And, yeah. and like, so I've always kind of had an idea like where my skill level was at or what I can do to people that are like on paper much better than me. So now yeah. the, and like, I, the, the 55 division was my favorite division because I was always a 45er until I had like got like a cute kidney failure for a weight cut and then I had to move up to 55. So now like I'm in the weight class of all these people that I like love and that I like was always watching beforehand. So I'm like, dang, like it's kind of hard for me to separate it from like being a fan to now being like a competitor or a rival and stuff. So now I kind of just watch it to like, okay, like. I'm a fan of this fighter now, and now I just want to make like, how would I fight this person? Like how, yeah. how would I implement my game plan and like impose my will? And it definitely makes my fight nights a little bit more. Um, I feel a lot more anxious watching it now. That like it's not just like some far off. Like, oh, when I'm in the UFC, like I could fight that person. Now it's yeah. like I, this person loses a fight, or I win a fight. Like I could be fighting this person. It definitely yeah. makes me a lot more invested in what's happening. And you, you train at Syndicate, correct? Yes. Do you train anywhere else? No, not no, just Syndicate for right now. Okay. Um, because I, I do see guys kind of move around a little bit and, and and get work in other places. What I'm curious was with that is I've seen people do that where they'll go to Syndicate and then they'll get they'll get work in maybe somewhere else and and somewhere else. And it's like, man, if you do a lot of work at all those big gyms down in Vegas, it's like at some point you're probably going to end up having to fight some of those guys. Does he, do the UFC, they do pretty good about like, they're like, they, they're not going to try and match up two syndicate guys against each other. Really. Right. Yeah. They do their best not to like make that happen, but sometimes they kind of force it, you know, if like you're both, if two teammates are like in a do or die situation, they're like, okay, you know, kill your friend. But, um, yeah, that's one reason why I never jumped Jim because when I was trying to go pro, and like I had a, like nine fights fall through like after my last amateur fight, and because like people would come visit Syndicate, either their coach or a training partner, say, "Oh no, don't take that fight." So they'd say yes, and then like a week later they say no. So I was like, I can't. So I can't go to any other gym because what if like no one will? What if that? What if a fighter that would say yes, like trained me, and they're like, "Nope, not gonna fight him." So. For me, it was like I'm, I'm I'm like of the belief that like I'm gonna try to train as little, um, like little of the roster as possible because I don't want to ever possibly lose a fight or not be like have to have like a long like time period where I can't fight because no one wants to fight me. And I definitely am a fighter who performs a lot better in the gym. I feel like uh, everyone feel, like a lot of people perform a lot better in the gym. So I perform pretty well in the cage, dude. I know, I yeah. know, but like I'm always like, oh, I have great hands in the gym. I kickbox more, but then I have a fight. I'm like, let's win this fight. Let's do like your bread and butter. Let's go to plan A. So I definitely feel like I try to avoid whenever a UFC fighter from 55 like visits. I don't ever spar with them if I can avoid it. Interesting, because like I mean, I listened to an interview earlier with one of your teammates, Sean Strickland, and he talked about he's he's trained with Uriah Hall, who he's fighting next Saturday night, and they they spent he said quite a bit of rounds you know sparring against each other 
but like you said, they are kind of on it. They, they don't train together anymore and they're, they're both top 15 guys. So it's like, it's yeah. just kind of inevitably going to happen. Mm-hmm. I would just imagine that would just be so weird psychologically, I guess. Cause if you're Uriah and Sean, you say we've both grown since those, since those rounds, but at the same time, it's like you kind, you kind of know you, you, you do have an idea of whose power or, you know, whose movement and what, what give you issues and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And it's funny. You bring up Sean Strickland, like Sean Strickland doesn't spar. He fights you in the cage. Like, I noticed that. Yeah. No one likes the spar of Sean Strickland. So I'm pretty sure you're right. Hall's <laughs> like, oh, now it's time to get him back. You know, like, Oh, okay. So I feel like that's a very easy person to spar than want to fight. Um, you definitely like if even if you're friends, you could fight Sean Strickland. Yeah. Um, so I am very interested about that. Like, Sean's a very confident fighter, and Uriah Hall's very confident. But um, Uriah Hall's kind of I feel like entering the twilight of his career. Um, he's kind of like was kind of always kind of hovering, like top fifteen, and then right yeah. out of the ranking for a lot of his career. And he's never been very active. And I feel like that um, Sean just probably a little, a little bit more younger, a lot less wear on him. And I feel yeah. like it's to be a very interesting fight because both of their A games, like, are each other's weaknesses. Like, neither of them like neither of them are good at being pressured. Yeah, and so I'm very. I feel like it can be a very explosive, like, probably short fight. <laughs> it's good, really. Okay, you so you think that that fight will end maybe in the first round or two? Yes, for sure. Wow. Right. All right. I mean, I'm partial to Sean, of course, but well, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the. So funny story about Sean is I, we got to meet him when Chris Curtis was the main event up here in Salt Lake. So we got it and Sean cornered him and there, <laughs> there was a lot of, there was a lot of extracurricular, shall oh, we say a little bad blood during the fight, after the fight and everything. And Sean was very vocal towards some of the hometown people that didn't like some of the things that Chris did. And Chris was his vocal self. And, and it was, it was very entertaining for at least me as a, in the middle <laughs> bystander, you know, and just commentator. Right. But we got to meet him after. And he was, he was very nice. He's like, I was like, yeah, I have a fight. And he's like, you should come down and train with us. And, uh, I, I, then I was like, cool. And then I, you know, go look at his Instagram and make sure I'm following him and stuff. And, and then I start seeing how he spars and I'm like, nah, dog. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the move for me. That's a no for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> trying to go down there and fight him. Like you said, like fight him. Yeah. <laughs> his sparring rounds. <laughs> he's interesting, so, but he's been very nice. He's very cool. So Jordan, I got, I got a question. Um, we were talking a little bit before we went live that the, the fight we were just talking about is next weekend's main event. What about tomorrow night's main event? Um, Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw. What's your, what's your take on that fight tomorrow night? Um, so Corey, that's like a fight where like both of their a games kind of match up very well. Um, TJ, TJ always bounces out on the outside and then he darts in at weird angles. And then he drops. He's all all the way in or all the way out. And Corey's all about throwing jabs from both stances and drawing things in. So I could definitely see TJ running into crap. I don't think Corey really has the power to hurt him. Yeah. But I think they will give him power in like several instances throughout the fight. And I think um, I think TJ's takedown style is really bad for Sandhagen. Yeah. Because like TJ doesn't shoot double legs and single like the same way he like switches stance and tangles the legs. And since Corey's so tall, I feel like TJ will definitely lean on his wrestling a lot more because I think they're both going to be very hard to hit on the feet because I think they're both kind of going to dance around each other a lot. 
I like Excited. that. Take. I like. I am too. So what mm-hmm. you're saying is you like the you like the round four start bet at plus one thirteen. <laughs> yes, that yeah, definitely. Do 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 fighters, especially in Vegas, do you guys go bet on the fights with all the knowledge that you have? Is that a common thing? <laughs> it's a very common. I don't, I don't, but I give a lot. I'm like, oh yeah, you should bet on that. But um, <laughs> especially because like we're very blessed because like I, we live next to the, P, the performance institute. Yeah. So we see all these guys in physical therapy, and there's been several times where I'm like, don't bet on this guy. I can barely walk. But I'm the other guy, and you know, um, which is illegal. Don't do that. But yeah. um, um, you can send it to us. Yeah, you can let you us can know. Send it to you guys, you know. Um, <laughs> but like, a lot of fighters gamble on it. You know, it's like a lot of them say it's more fun because you know the guys and everything. Yeah. But oh, I, I can't separate the emotions and stuff. I always think my teammates are going to win. Almost like that, that would be hard to bet against your teammates. Like I'm usually. Yeah. There's there's a couple guys in Vegas that pretty known known fighters that I'll I'll, I'll message them and be like okay who do you, you know managers are like who you got fighting this weekend because you know any little insider information you can give me he's a degenerate <laughs> don't don't listen to Zach <laughs> oh man <laughs> no it's it no I just I'm like that that's really fascinating and I I appreciate it. I value the breakdown because the breakdown like you said the style I think fighters especially at your level and you're and you've been around it long enough. I, I think that fighters are trained to see things, you know, you've broken down film and either for your own fights or for your teammates fights as you're helping them get ready. Right. And, uh, and you're around it and you live it. That's your job. You're going to see things different than just the common untrained eye. Right. You're going to see those styles and the way that TJ moves versus the way that Sandhagen moves. And it, oh man, I mean, it is an intriguing match. I'm always intrigued when you see a guy come off a two and a half, two, two and a half year layoff just to see, I think, you know, within a round basically of like, wow, he's gotten better or wow. He hasn't been training <laughs> that yeah. hard over two years. You know, I think TJ, I, 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 uh, nicely call him a sociopath. I think he's like got one of those people. Like I always said, like, like he, he's like a Kobe Bryant, a Michael Jordan, Jerry Rice. Like he's the type of guy, he will do whatever it takes to win at all costs. And so I, I imagine he's been training this whole time very hard. Oh yeah, I think he's in training. I've like seen videos of him, him and Juan Hunt Archuleta training the whole yeah. time. Yeah, like yeah. you know, TJ's really into drilling, and this fight just so interesting because you got TJ's drop shift and like yes. his fake to take to the uppercuts, and then also that- you have Corey Van Hagen's inter- intercepting flying knees, and yeah. I feel like it's going to be a lot of feints and just like right outside of striking distance. And I love people think this fight's gonna be a banger, and it can be. It could be like a nice technical masterclass, like Cruz versus Dillashaw. I could all yeah. see this fight very boring, like connections in the double digits um, after five rounds. And I'm very, I'm very interested. I'm very interested. Cool. So wow. you're, you are, you're. I think I saw correctly on your Instagram. You're married. Yes. And you said your first little one, right? Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Has that changed anything for you being a dad in fighting? Yeah, I'm a loser now. I lost my first fight. The kids <laughs> uh, all the kids' fault. Get hey, out of here. By the way, I'm I am a father of three. You know, have the little baby. Like I mean, hey. Yeah. Tired. No. It definitely is, you know, um, put a fire under me. 
like I've always been a very like chill, like whatever happens, happens type person. And I, you know, have like humorous defense mechanisms. So I'm used to like dealing with some crap and being patient through it. But you know, like now that my like, daughter's here, I definitely feel a lot more urgency to like make things happen as opposed to like letting the universe bring them to me. I'm not all about that anymore. I definitely just want to make sure like her future secure and then I'm supposed to be doing everything that I should be doing to make sure that that's like taken care of. And I think the pressure is good for me. The, uh, the girl dad thing that that'll get you, man. I have, I have, <laughs> I have three kids, I have two boys and I have an, uh, my daughter's the youngest and it, having a daughter is just a, uh, it's a game changer, man. I mean, I love my I love my boys. My boys are my blood, and and I love my boys. But there's something about daddy's girl. Just mm -hmm. wrap you right around their little finger. <laughs> yeah, never how had a she, girl play me. <laughs> how how does your wife feel about her her husband being a professional fighter? It's funny because we met on like the dating app Mutual. So like, you know. Um, and she like actually didn't think that was cool. Like usually, like the whole professional athlete thing looks at least cool, you know. Like, yeah. but she was like, I almost like swiped. I almost swiped no after I saw that. <laughs> she, thought, she thought it was a jock, and she didn't want to like date a jock or, you know. So, my sense of, my sense of humor got her, but like actually, like she's really supportive of it. Like her family was definitely a lot more supportive than my family about the whole fighting thing and. Um, they're more blue collar than my family. My family's a lot of like lawyers and surgeons. Her family's a lot of like business owners and like farmers and stuff. Yeah. So like, her family has been super supportive of me and um, they like break down film and they like watch all the fights. Awesome. Now. So like, that's cool. Yeah. She fixed my diet. Um, like I didn't even know I had a bunch of allergies, but she really made me like take a lot of these bad foods out. And now like, I get violently sick if I eat anything I'm not supposed to. So there's like a double-edged sword about that. But she makes my weight cuts easy. She keeps me healthy. And, yeah, my wife's definitely made fighting a lot easier. A lot of fighters, I feel like, at least my coaches were all very worried when I was, like, getting – when I was engaged that I was going to, like, oh, he's gone. Yeah. Like, gonna, like finish his, like, degree and go to law school. And I was like, no, like, now I just have to get to the UFC quick. You know, I got to yeah. make her – Cause you know, being a fighter wife's hard. It's like a gamble. Like you're definitely like, what's it called? Um, pushing it back a lot of like the good times in the future. Cause you have to make a lot of sacrifices in the immediate future. And you know, I, I'm not going to forget that like the gamble she took. No, I, I, I think that's awesome. See, like my, my wife, I, I feel bad because she did not sign up for this. I did not get into it till I was 28 and we'd been married for eight years already. <laughs> so I'm like, I like, and then I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do a fight. And she's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, she did not sign up for this. So at least, at least your <laughs> wife knew what she was getting herself into. That's uh, awesome. But I, I, it always fascinates me because the family dynamic is, is pretty, you know, it, it is your family and it's your home life. And, but you, you get so close to everybody at your gym because you spend so much time at your gym and, and the, the balance is, is it's a tough interesting balance. and tough. Yeah. It's easier now that like, I don't have to work at the same time, you know? That so would, like, yeah. like being a fighter wife, you know, she's always been comparing, like people always compare their relationship, to, the relationships with like their family members and like, I, it must be hard when like you're working full time and then you go to the gym. It's like, oh, he's gone like 16 hours. Then he has to sleep. And, but like, like, it's hard. 
and like you can't really argue like oh well you know i'm doing this but she you know now that i can do this full time it's like well you're pretty lucky i'm gone six hours tops every day like you know how lucky you are so easier now <laughs> so what you're telling me is to go all in and try and get to the ufc as quick as possible to make yeah, my make happy. It, it's work now you know let's grind baby let's grind that's awesome i know our poor wives put up with uh they tease lot. us they tease yeah, us because we, we 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 podcast a lot right <laughs> we both I, I train and and then i have my job and he has his job and then we podcast and they tease us that and now we're, we're we're going to Cabo the week after our fight, and we're taking our wives, but they keep teasing like it's a trip for us to do together. I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. we just we're we got a uh, podcast studio that we're going to be open in the next couple of weeks to be able to podcast. And I told my wife about it today, and she's like, "I'm never going to see you because <laughs> it's about a thirty minute drive for me to up to where Zach's at." And I'm like, "I'll only be there Mondays and Fridays." <laughs> <laughs> which, which will turn into Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then Monday, Thursday, then Monday through Friday. Yeah. They know something more foresight than us. Shout out to yeah. our significant others for putting up with our shit. For sure, man. <laughs> Constantly. So we don't want to take up too much more of your time, but lastly, um, you were at the fights last weekend, the best dressed person in the entire entire place hands Thank down you very much did you have did you have all 500 people in that venue come up and ask and take a picture with you yeah it was pretty cool or even just like <laughs> i take a picture of your outfit like we don't even have to have your face in it and i'm like oh <laughs> just my body cool you know like no like i like dressing up for occasions and you know now that i don't go to school i don't have a presentation i don't work it's like i have a lot of nice clothes and I, you know, I was soup. That's why I jumped at the opportunity. Like, oh yeah, you could dress up if you wanna when you're commentating. I'm like, oh, I'm dressing up. Like, there, there was some significance with the suit, though, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was my grandfather's suit. It's like you're that old. That's freaking awesome. That is yeah. freaking awesome. And as Zach was mentioning to me, we were talking about it before yeah. he went on. He's like, I think it was like his dad, or but it's your grandfather's. That's grandfather's suit. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty freaking awesome. It's just like '70s leisure suit. And that fits me, you know, I, I've, I've, I'm like a midget in my family. All my, like my mom's taller than me. My grandma's taller than me. Like they're all a bunch of like tall Nordic people. And I, I'm like, you know, my, my dad ruined my genetics. He was like a short buff black guy. So like, <laughs> I don't get any hand me down. None of them fit me. So like my grandfather, who was like 5'10", you know, and like heavy set, like his stuff fits me perfect. So I get yeah. a I get like all of his clothes because no one else can fit it because they're all a bunch of giants. So I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> I love it. It was so Heck cool. Yeah, and I do have one more question because I did compliment you on this too at the fights. Where did you get the nickname, the monkey King? Because it is one of the best fighter nicknames in the UFC. Thank you. I got it twice actually. So like, I, you know, that was like a sign. So I was watching Forbidden Kingdom with my best friends in middle school with Jet Li and Jackie Chan. And there was like the Monkey King character. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's totally you, Jordan. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, that was like my nickname for a few years. And then my sophomore year of high school, I just won a wrestling match and I like ran off it on my knuckles and stuff. And they're like, you're like a monkey or something. And it's like, no, no, no. He's like the king of monkeys or something. And I'm like, okay, there it is. That's the sign. And then um, 
Someone so made been the Monkey King game. since high school. Yeah, it's been my nickname since high school. Like for my senior night, Solid. I still have like my banner in my closet. It's like Jordan the Monkey King Levitt for That's like my wrestling awesome. nickname. Oh yeah, Very cool. Very cool. It's not like he's like my age, Zach, where it's throwing back from <laughs> twenty five years ago, the high school. Yeah, <laughs> eh, it's it's right up there. That's a cool nickname. Well, Jordan, it again, it was a pleasure to meet you last yes. weekend. Thank it's you. been super fun, and thank you for coming on the podcast and. We hope to see you in the octagon in October and November, and uh, and we'll be cheering for you. Awesome, I appreciate. It. I was glad to be on here, man. Yeah, thank thanks, you, Jordan. Thanks again, Jordan. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. And we out.